Welcome to Desire is Medicine. We are two very different women living a life led by desire, inviting you into our world. I'm Brenda. I'm a devoted practitioner to being my fully expressed true self in my daily life, motherhood, relationships, and my business. Desire has taken me on quite a ride, and every day I practice listening to and following the voice within. I'm a middle school teacher turned coach and guide of the feminine. And I'm Catherine, devoted to living my life as the truest and hopefully the highest version of me. I don't have children. I've never been married. I've spent equal parts of my life in corporate as in some down and low shady spaces. I was the epitome of tired and wired, and my path led me to explore desire. I'm a coach, guide, energy worker, and a forever student. Even after decades of inner work, we are humble beginners on the mat, still exploring, always curious. We believe that listening to and following the nudge of desire is a deep spiritual practice that helps us grow. On the Desire is Medicine podcast, we talk to each other, we interview people we know and love about the practice of desire, bringing in a very important piece that is often overlooked, being responsible for our desire. Welcome listeners and friends to Desire is Medicine podcast. This is Brenda and I am joined by my very wonderful co-host, Catherine Navarro. Hello, Catherine. Hello, hello. Do we have a treat for every listener today? Don't we though? So excited. We are so excited to have Caroline Darcy on to talk about the journey of desire and sex. Welcome, Caroline. It's so good to see you guys, and it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for asking me. It's our pleasure to have you. Thank you for your yes. I just want to talk a little bit about my desire to have you on our podcast today, Caroline. Um, We've only met in person one time. We've kind Mm -hmm. of crossed paths, same teachers, and we were at an event together in August of 2023, And you gave a beautiful transmission talk. And it was in that talk that I was so moved by you and what you shared in that talk. And then we had, we were at a boat party and we had lunch together. That was the only time we ever spent time together. And I was so moved by you. I was like, I want to know this woman more. And in your talk, what really touched me was this way that you transmitted the connection between sex, pussy, and heart. You really brought together what it means to be a woman who can have both. Mm. And basically that's all I needed to know (laughs) to invite you on. (laughs) And luckily Catherine is a yes. To my desires. <laughs> That's what this podcast is really about, following the breadcrumbs of desire and seeing where it leads you. And I personally find that it leads on the most amazing adventures. And so we're so happy to have you here today. And I just want to say a little bit more about Caroline, and then we'll dive in. She teaches soul-led sex ed, which I'm so curious about, and you're in service to sexual energy. And so, so I'm so curious about you. (laughs) (laughs) And you call yourself the pussy professor. 
and the shame whisperer. <laughs> and that is really beautiful. And I'm assuming it wasn't always that way. But before we oh. get into that, let's just get your voice in the room and official welcome. Mm, yeah, thank you so much. And um, yeah, I always... Um, I always seem to drop in the pussy professor and shame whisperer now because they're things like people have called me that I've either worked with or who know me very well. And, you know, I've gone through that whole journey of being like a somatic sexologist and all of these things. And, you know, we, we name ourselves so often by our modalities. And it's like, well, no, that's that's not playful. That's not fun. That's not that. It doesn't ignite that thing inside of us, which is really... And, you know, thank you for, you know, seeing that connection that I've felt for so long inside of me, but always had, you know, as you know, if you, you're on this path and you're on this journey, you, you get to these places by being so far detached from them and having them so blocked that that moment you mentioned in New York was like, it was almost the moment I realized it myself. And actually felt it and saw it in myself. So it's been such a a lock in and a like years of following threads and all sorts of different things. But to um, the more and more I've gone on this journey, the more I just like it gets to be fun, it gets to be hot, it gets to be playful, let's let's actually have fun with what we do while we're diving into the dark, so yeah, i rewriting my bios and stuff recently, I was like, yeah, I'm dropping the, the, the boring credentials and the certifications and all that, and I'm, yeah, I'm sticking to what the people I love the most have called me. Mm. That's so hot. I really love that. So, and I'm assuming it wasn't always this way for you. I, When I was looking at your website, which we'll also link in the show notes, you used to be in corporate. You mm-hmm. used words like chaotic and messy. And can you paint us a picture of what you were like? Who was Caroline before you were the pussy <laughs> professor or doing soul-led sex ed? Paint us a picture of who you were and then... I want to know, like, what was the desire? What was the the clunk was the, yeah. that brought it's, you here um, today? I mean, I can, just to give you a little bit of a kind of eye roll, of course, I went to an all-girls Catholic convent school for 18 years. So it was um, a good a good routing in, like, how bad, dirty, disgusting, wrong and evil, all of this energy inside me and us made me um and actually when you um invited me onto the podcast and like over the last few days I was really dropping into like following desire and what desire really meant for me and uh, my initial reaction was I didn't have a relationship to desire I didn't have a connection to my own desire. Everything I did was filtered through somebody else. I went to this school that was recommended after the primary school that I went to, the lower school that I went to. I, um, you know, I, I chose my university degree based on what my boyfriend at the time wanted me. 
to um I got a a career so I haven't gone to school I went to university and studied product design so like a science and design mashup of things I then ended up in a career in health and safety (laughs) which was just like literally following what my dad said of like oh you'd be really good at sales and there's no money in design (laughs) so I was like okay I'll go and do sales then and he actually got me well he didn't get me a job but one of his friends offered me a job and next thing you know I was like 10 years deep in corporate health and safety talking about legionella bacteria and water systems like literally some of the driest most like conservative like environment you can actually be working with health and safety legislation and really like old boys club kind of companies where they they judged people on what socks they wore with their suits and like I was the top salesperson employee of the year and they called me pet and asked me to make a cup of tea for them it was like it was just like it was almost like a caricature and that was reflected in my sex life as well I'd had some pretty gnarly relationships as a lot of us have and as I've looked back and tracked those situations it's like it's because I never had my own voice I'd always adapt myself to what I thought the people wanted me to be I'd pick up their hobbies I'd pick up their sexual preferences I would go to football games like much to my partner's disappointment now I don't want to go I'm just like no that's not for me you go enjoy he's like yeah but you used to go and do that sort of stuff I was like for the very wrong reasons trust me you don't want me to go so it's that and you know really following this path of what I should be doing and I got really successful I had a great job I had good money I had a beautiful car I had you know that like kind of tick 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 things of like all of these things that should have made me really, really happy. And I was really miserable inside. I was really disconnected. And kind of tumbling out of relationships into long periods of being single, I then um, almost accidentally fell into the world of BDSM. (laughs) And (laughs) it was like, the first time I felt at home I felt matched I could express my interest in sex I could talk about things I could learn about things I was like there was workshops I was having these intense incredible experiences and I was also borderline psychotic at the time I was literally losing myself in another relationship but there was this part of me inside and this is like, you know, that, that spark of desire that you talk about, that initial thing of, okay, I get it why we have, and I love workshops when you're, you know, beating people up or suspending them for ceilings and actually doing stuff that could really hurt people. Like, I get that we have, have to have education and boundaries and stuff and loads of information on the internet of how to do this properly. But why don't we have this about sex? Like, normal sex vanilla sex I would have called it back then um and around that time one of my friends introduced me to a podcast called sex nerd Sandra 
And bear in mind, I lived in the north of the UK, a city called Manchester, not the most cosmopolitan of places. (laughs) I didn't even know sexology was a thing. It certainly wasn't on the careers list in my all-girls Catholic convent school. So, and I I listened to this podcast and it was like, over in California, (laughs) there was this world of adult sex educators. And I was like, oh my God. And it was it was what I knew from my, you know, religious days. It was like the calling. It was like, you get to do that. This point in time, I'm like eight, nine years deep into a successful career. I'm just like no, never met one of these people in my life. Never knew that, never like had no concept of how to even do this or start this or any of the like practicalities. So it sat with me maybe for a year or two before I really did anything. Um, and then it was that one of those kind of catastrophic years that when you look back in hindsight, it was just like source energy pulling everything that wasn't true apart in one fell swoop. I split up with my partner I moved into the house that was I used to live with with a really nasty ex before that. I fell off a mountain skiing and was like couldn't even drive or walk properly. Um, I sold the house. I um, what else was there? And the, I just started a new job the year before, which had been created for me like this dream job, and it was literally crumbling apart in front of me. There was like nothing I could do. It was the first time I'd ever not been able to work hard enough and pick things up. And I literally sat there when I sold the house with this chunk of money for the first time in my life. And I was like, well, I can either do the sensible thing and go and buy a house and save up some money. Or it was kind of a fuck it moment. Of like, or I could just go over to California, go meet some of these people. I did my first ever like kind of life coaching course, like five day um, program with a guy called Matthew Hussey. It was all about like dating and love advice. And um, I made a commitment to myself that I would, you know, in three years, I'd give up my job and I would train as a sex educator, adult sex educator. Um, that was the beginning of September. By December, I'd quit. I'd signed up for a program in sexological bodywork, which by the time I'd quit, I realised that the first within the first couple of modules, we were doing anal massage on people that we didn't know. <laughs> and I was having a, holy shit, what have I done? But I've, at this point, I've already, like, everything on the table. And, again, that was 2016, 17? 17, I qualified. And since then, I have, well, what really struck me was when I started actually working with women on just self-touch, self, uh, like non-agendered self-touch in a way that wasn't just about chasing orgasm, engaging the whole body, breath work, really what could be called simple practices. Like, if you, you know, you think, you think, now we should just know this stuff. We should know how 
how to activate and how much autonomy we have over the energy in our bodies and how much we can move and control it and um you know how much access is just there and just teaching these touch programs to women and I was watching bear in mind I was just I hadn't even like looked back and seen it noticed how much my life had blown up around it and all this stuff that had happened I was still so in it that I didn't really have sight on it but one by one I was watching these women that I was working with and even women that had just accessed my you know 200 pound do-it-yourself course you know here's five practices to teach yourself at home and their lives were like shifting and imploding and exploding and I was just, I was like, holy shit, there's, there's something here that I don't understand yet. I certainly wasn't taught it in the programs I was learning. I was kind of on a bit of a spirituality path already. I'd, I was at the yoga and the, um, the secret kind of stage, you know, <laughs> trying to manifest stuff and sort of dipping my toe and it actually it was within the first sort of year I I actually took a step back and I was like there's something here there's something so much more than an orgasm or three that's having such an impact on people's lives like migrating, starting businesses, all this stuff, not nothing I would teach them. It would just be what's happening in their lives. And it freaked me out a bit. And there was a level of, and what I understand now, a, a level of like right level, not concern, but a, like an inner knowing that this deserves some respect. This was more powerful than what my, initial intention of having like a sexy sex shop and doing some workshops in the evenings you know (laughs) that what my ego would allow me to actually say yes to at the time but yeah so from then I really entered into my own like like just following that like hunger I had for understanding what this thing was like I always knew that it was important I'd always kind of use the line of like well sex is like kind of important to the human race you know we do need it to survive just on a species level but it really opened my eyes to what I now see is how we're meant to live how our bodies are designed to, and especially women's bodies are designed to be able to open up to, whether you want to call it God, universal energy, source, something more than us. But when you have access to this in your body, there's like, there's to me, there's no doubt that we are here to do something with that. We are here to create, we're here to birth, not just new humans, but new souls onto the planet. Like that's not just incredible enough when you actually think about it. But actually really understand that we have access 
direct access through our pussies to this thing that a whole world is absolutely starving for. Like this level of connection, this level of energy, this level of belonging, this level of knowing that, you know, science and the medical industry are desperately trying to monetize and make a pill for. And it's lying between our legs. And it's taken me on one hell of a journey. <laughs> like, <laughs> Thank you so much for such a generous share. I'm going to have a circle back just a tad because I have a question for you. Mm. Earlier on when you were describing, you know, the different various steps that you've taken to get here, one of the places where you were like following the path of everything that you should be doing, you said to yourself, or you told us and shared with all of our listeners, I should be happy, mm. right? Was there a place on your journey where you started potentially what, when you started listening to the podcast or when you were like, oh, vanilla sex, this is something that we should be focusing on versus going to BDSM. Like the, at what point do you, or do you have a marker, a point where you could say, oh, I'm touching happiness here. Because for me, I see happiness as a joy, a choice. And mm -hmm. I feel like what you're touching on is this of what I experience in my life as joy. Like there's mm -hmm. a place where there's just joy. It's it's not even connected to a choice I've made. It just feels like a place of bliss. Mm -hmm. Can you recall in your life when you first started to touch that? There was two experiences I had that I remember. And I, I mentioned the first one before. And it was literally high as a kite on ecstasy in my late 20s and just like a what I would know as a download of like this is how we are we're meant to have access to this all the time this is how we're meant to be but obviously I got laughed at because I was high and I was dancing on a beach and in Ibiza and it was like I didn't even take myself seriously at that point in time but that moment's never left me I can like I can feel it in my body now it was like an anchor point and I um I, I've, I've talked about this with friends and I've heard this on podcasts and, you know, one of the conspiracy kind of theories is that that stuff's illegal because they don't want people to be able to access that and have that as an anchor in the body. Think of that what you will. But for me, it was like, a, I can remember that as a, almost like a, a waft of it, a momentary sensation that was imprinted. And then it was in the kink days and I've actually, it's, it's interesting because I've just been like kind of revisiting and combing through um, one of the relationships I was in then. And I had access, I could access that in what was called subspace, that altered state of like bliss and uh, like just wide openness. And as I, um, as I've been like revisiting this and looking at it from the lens of where, who I am now and what I know now, I, I can see that I was having this massive sexual awakening. And the only thing I could attribute to it to was my partner, who was 
wonderfully incapable of holding that <laughs> you know and thank god he couldn't because I'd still be there now because it was just like like so much easy access but I was actually reading through I found like a download of our whatsapp messages like a few weeks ago and I've not looked at them like for years and years and I actually started combing through them and I could see this like repeated argument that we'd have over and over and over again and I was like this is so important to me I don't know what it is but this is everything I don't care about anything else in my life here and obviously there was like a there was loads of drama there was all the stories on top of it it was just like there was so much mess and what you talked about the mess and chaos and drama and like in the 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 way I would touch it in those spaces where I'd have these huge expansions and like this holding and sheer utter bliss and joy and love and access to everything and then the slam down of how hard I'd come down off that and then that would roll into every layer of victimization and drama and belief system about myself and people around me so it was looking back now I knew it was something there I could feel it I knew it was important but I only understood it in the framework that it was about the other guy the other person Uh, does that answer the question I'm gonna make a bridge yeah for our listeners what I'm hearing Caroline describe is when I ask her the question around happiness, the way that Mm. I guess um, in layman's terms, like when we talk to people or we say, does this make you happy? Are you happy? Mm. Um, How does your heart feel? We use that type of terminology. But I think when I ask you that question, Caroline, you can correct me. What I'm hearing you respond to me about is actually something deeper beyond happiness, beyond bliss, you're talking about, and I. this is what I'm thinking, my, I'm deducing this, mm-hmm. that you're speaking about that place you can touch as a woman with a womb, with a pussy, where you have been to that space where you can touch that liminal space where we create not just new souls, but where you have direct access to what you have claimed or said, stated, that our world is struggling and, star- mm-hmm. and starving for Mm. And I think what you're talking about is more of a connection to everything, to Mm. the bigger universe. I think you're talking about oneness. You're talking about our connection to the cosmos. And I'll describe it. How I experience it is almost when I'm in that space, it feels as if every pore on my skin has an antenna and it's vibrating and it's as if there is music but I can't hear it I can feel it it's as if all the colors are brighter and everything looks slightly different it also when it's occurring for me requires me to be very conscious of my breath to remain grounded and present while still experiencing that moment of high connection with everything around me. Um, did I misspeak at any point? No, that's that's exactly what I'm, yeah, I'm taking that 
happiness and joy as and I think this is actually where I am and this actually points to where I am in my journey right now I'm actually translating happiness and joy in my experience is like a connection to that at all times things and in my life that don't necessarily take me out into the cosmos and like a fully um, almost like out of body but in body complete like a complete takeover but a sense of like where that comes down into my being and it's like it and the, the, for me the felt sense is that connection from like almost like through pussy up the central line into my heart and for me and I'm and I'm I am thinking this through as as we're actually talking and it's like it's like that life force energy is what brings me happiness and joy is the same connection of how I experience it thank you that's really beautiful Caroline Mm -hmm. thank you so much for that and Catherine as well. Mm-hmm. Can you, I, one thing I was so deeply moved about and you were just touching on it. So I want to expand on this a little bit more is the connection between heart and pussy. I think so often women think that it has to be one or the other. And what I was so drawn to you about, because I have found that the best sex that I've had in my life and the best love and relationships are when they're connected. And can you talk a little bit more about the connection between heart and pussy? And I would Mm. love to hear about that. I think it's a beautiful concept and reality. (laughs) It's real. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's it. Like, especially for me. So my experience was that, you know, and it, 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 it's certainly prevalent if you've got that Christian or Catholic or religious imprint on you growing up, but there is that Madonna and whore. There is that separation of like, it's one or the other. And if I, and and I know that people will have varying different experiences of that. And even if you don't have the, the religious conditioning, you know, I, you know, I, I love my shitty telly, like crap telly. I still love it. (laughs) I'm not willing to give that up. (laughs) And I can remember watching like Love Island years ago. And it was, it was my first year of business. And I was in a world of feast and famine, everything coming up for me, like massive sexual awakening still rolling, all of this stuff. So I spent a significant amount of time what like we all know is collapsed, like closed down, shut down where I'd have these big openings and then it'd be too much for me to hold. And then I would like collapse back down like a hangover or come down and it would be, you know, plenty of time watching uh, Love Island. (laughs) There was about three seasons of it at that point in time, like on catch up TV. And um, I can remember sitting there and even all throughout that, there was this narrative of, oh, well, I fuck her, but would I take her home to my mum? Girlfriend material. Well, like, um, I would say Link. I like, like my, my partner, 
in his teenage years would say like, oh, it's a link, you know, it's a hookup. It's a um, fuck buddy with a million different words for it now. And it's just so prevalent. It's so inbuilt into so much of everything that not not that we're just taught but everything that is just imprinted on from culture especially western culture that there is this archetype of a sexual woman now everyone's going to be a little bit different but even if you know even if you sit there yourself now and say oh if I said you're a really sexual woman just walk through the door everyone's got their own like say, archetypal character that comes a lot along with and even for myself and like for women that I've worked with we'd all have this variation of so often this kind of um one of my one of my favorite descriptions of it was from a client years ago was in what's the film love actually the Christmas film is that right and there's the secretary who seduces the boss and it's like you know it's like that kind of like really beautiful obviously a very powerful woman but she's only using it to tear apart you know Emma Thompson's life you know the woman that we all love dearly you know and it is that sense of there is a fact that there has been thousands of years of conditioning to say that there is one or the other and for the majority of women who have some sort of access to this, and I, in, in, and again, this is very, very broad terms, but there tends to be the women who fall more under the I have difficulty accessing, or there's the women who have I have access to a lot and I have no idea what to do with it or how to hold it or how to like handle myself. So we have these archetypes. And the more, and you'll know this, but the more I see behind the closed doors of women's lives, the more women that I speak to, the more conversations that start with, I, I've never told anyone this, but it's that place of we've been taught this filter and this is how I see it when we have lessons and we have like cultural imprints of and it's like we have the this like web or a filter that when we have access to this power that we've been talking about that it gets filtered through and it's like it either comes through the like we whether with a good girl the Madonna the mother the um wifey material and that means we're a good person, we're lovable, we're worthy, we have value, we're, we're all of these things and we have a relationship or we have access to that power and we have really good fun with it and it's like really hot but it comes with this like condition that it means that you're not actually lovable and you're not actually a good person. And for me, if you haven't guessed already, (laughs) I had access (laughs) and I thoroughly believed that I was utterly unlovable and didn't deserve. I, you know, I was like, I'm the girl you fuck. I'm not the girl you marry. This was actually what was happening along the same time. And there's there's an interesting 
story or part of a little story that I I realized fairly recently that when I was on my Matthew Hussey retreat in San Diego you know back in the day first time I'd actually had any experience of any like personal development or anything like this and I'd made two commitments to myself the first one was that I was going to be a sexologist or a sex coach or something along those lines and the other one was going to say I'm going to learn to open my heart even then I had them as two separate like goals I didn't actually see a link between the two at all and I actually have a uh, in LA a little bit like later on I spent some time in LA meeting loads of amazing people and going to workshops and I was like I just literally I remember going to um is it the pleasure chest in LA and they had this spanking 101 workshop and I was like I can talk for three and a half hours straight about the intricacies of like health and safety legislation and water systems in the UK and bacteria in the UK. These people are getting paid probably more than me to talk about spanking for 90 minutes. I was like, I can do this. <laughs> you know, This is way more fun, but it, it still felt separate. But at the time it was that commitment. I'm going to learn how to open my heart. And I, it's like I did these two journeys that somewhere around 2020, I well, 2019, I was like, I really am done with choosing unavailable men. I realized that I was the one, I'd, I'd done a kind of a chronology kind of things and realized I'd chosen and I'd actually created, I could really see how it was me. It wasn't the guys. It was actually me doing this. So if it was me that's doing it, I can do something about that. There's something that uh, there was something really heartbreaking and empowering at the same time. And I was like, and I made this commitment, and I met my partner within three months of that of like and saying no to lots and lots and lots of very hot unavailable men. <laughs> but it was. And it would be amazing for me to say that was like all, you know, happily ever after. But actually, within that first year, it brought up all of the conditioning, all of the stories, all of the things that were creating this block where I was living in an existence where my heart and pussy were both loved, accepted, adored, held, all of this stuff. And my poor little mind could not comprehend it would fight it it was it felt unsafe it felt scary it was bringing so much stuff up and again this this journey that I thought was two separate things um I actually remember one of the first like journeys I did with our chair teacher and um I got a very clear message that you're not here for your business. You're here to love. And I was like, oh. And <laughs> what kind of surprised me <laughs> as I was uh, transmitting in New York, it's like, oh, that's, that's genius, that is. <laughs> yeah. And I actually realised at that point that, yes, I had opened my heart I had access to this channel I was living from a place where they coexisted and one fed the other and fed the other and it's like this incredible generator of energy that exists in my body and 
the path itself was all about falling in love with the parts that I thought were disgusting, dirty and wrong. The stuff that was my sex life, that there was the spilling in the sex life, the messiness, the the cheating, the affairs, the all of the you know, bad made the, the things that made me a bad woman, <laughs> you know. And it was like this realization that what I thought made someone lovable, you know, this again, you can play the same game. If I said to you this woman's just walked through the door and she's a really good wife. We've all got an archetype of what that could actually mean. Mine was that. And I, I, I say this with so much affection because it's definitely one of the characters that lives within me that I play with. And it was like my basic bitch wifey. And she had like the Starbucks cup and the hoodie and the Uggs on. And it was like afternoon glass of Sauvignon Blanc and all, you know, all of this stuff. And she was thoroughly taken care of and a massive rock on her finger and she didn't work. And it was like all of these ideas that I would have that when I was finally lovable enough, that's what I'd get. And I'd, I'd get that by being that character. And as it came full circle to me, it was that realization that, oh, shit. Actually, the the pathway to opening my heart wasn't about being this sort of perfect princess ideal I had. It was that uh, an ability and a practice of learning to have the most utmost compassion for the parts of us that were like bad, the things that we did that were wrong, the aspects of ourselves that we believe made us unlovable. That was actually how we joined the two together. And it was like, oh, <laughs> I actually got to play out the slut, the whore, all of these other aspects of my life, all of these things that made me a bad person or unlovable, and they were the actual things that have actually opened my heart. And people might not have the same aspects of them that think that, you know, it might not be a slut story or a whore-shaving stuff that's happened, but that real access to your heart is in that utter and compassion and understanding of the human experience. And again, I have no idea what the question was to start off with when it comes through. Is that? Mm. Thank you, Caroline. It's really beautiful Mm. to hear you talk about that and the journey and where you were Mm. and this desire that carried you through. Mm. starting from when you were talking about bacteria and water systems and you were miserable and disconnected and you followed this spark of desire Mm. and your life changed and shifted, things fell apart. And you, it just, what I'm hearing is this staying with yourself that took you on a real journey of having things that you really never thought were possible this integration I'm hearing of loving these parts that you thought were unlovable and compassion for yourself. 
and really doing life differently and having partnership along the way. <laughs> and it's really, I'm so intrigued about that, about this desire that carries us forward. And I always like to say we, we get on this path, sometimes things that are beyond our wildest dreams. And it sounds like this connection between pussy and heart is something that you didn't even think was possible. Yeah, I, you know, to the point where I was thoroughly instructed that that was not a possible way of living. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I'm so curious because we talk about desire and you talked about the spark of desire. What does desire feel like in your body? Like when you when you feel a desire, what is that? How does that come in for you into your body? How does that land for you where you're like, oh, I want that? What does that feel like? again this is actually this is a big part of my like I I have a very locked in sense of knowing when something's for me which I didn't realize I had it's only on reflection and I look back and actually see that I was just like oh I get to do that oh we're doing that and now the felt experience is very much I'm gonna have to share this because it came in the exact opposite of what my goals used to be I used to like have this like super tight pussy (laughs) it was like you know you know really like hard and now it's like there's like a real sense of like very physical opening of the pelvic diaphragm muscles a softening and it's almost like a heaviness and a falling outwards, a slight, like, just drop outwards on my actual pussy. And then that accesses, this brings up this, I'm trying to not use the word energy, but it's this energy that has a very kind of glittery but smoky, you know, sensation to it. And... I had to train myself for the difference between it just being a very physical turn on because I can now have the sensation of when it hits my heart and that gives a slight sense of softening and opening at the same time. And then somewhere along the way, my mind follows up with an oh fuck moment. Okay, that's what we're doing. (laughs) Oh, shit. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's like, yep, that's really great. We're going to go there on vacation or holiday or I'm going to we're going to cook that for dinner. And other times it's that ah, very similar to. I said that first time I heard that podcast and there was like that. That's what we're doing. Oh, shit. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, yeah. I know those those, oh, shit (laughs) desires. It's like, oh, shit. You could just feel the truth of it. I love how you're talking about feeling this in your pussy. Mm. And um, I know, I know what you mean. And I'm curious for listeners who might not be as connected to their genitals as what you're talking about. Mm. What would you recommend to women who are listening about how to hear desire or how to be connected to their sex and their heart? There's two aspects that I always are like a, like a grounding starting point. And 
the first one is actually just touching your pussy like for non-sexual purposes there's so many guys you can just google mapping you know vaginal mapping pussy mapping vulva mapping and starting to and the practice is very simplistically just touching each and every half inch from the top of like where all the hair is in your outer lips right the way into your like if it's comfortable for you to go internally and just like notice the sensation notice it from a place of that's what that feels like not a oh that feels good or that feels bad or I can't feel anything at all just noticing what's there because like anything there's a like even like even the fact that we don't even call our genitals what they're actually called or the names that are out there are either technically offensive you know I'm a massive supporter of cunts <laughs> but even that like I don't use that much because you know pussy will get you thrown off the internet by the bots you've stopped using the word cunt people will throw you off the internet it's a and it's a great word like um if you haven't heard of Kate Lister oh more whores of you she's a sex historian she has an amazing podcast um TED talk on the word cunt um but it's I highly recommend but yeah just like just the fact that we don't have language we don't touch ourselves other than like you know going to the bathroom or like trying to get off and it's literally a sense of those neural pathways in our brains just don't have the connections there they don't exist. They're like really like, you know, if you don't like lift anything up, like lift anything or you use your body, the muscles will atrophy. It's the same there. So building up those connections is just like starting point. The next thing I um, kind of adapted for myself and like what I teach is um, from the world of consent. You know, it's like obviously consent is this like huge topic and but most of the time actually consent is a very dry thing it's like a it's a very mental concept but as I was again moving through this sexological body work it was like there's this and my training which is like hands-on like touching yourself and touching other people as well hands-on hands-in um kind of like physiotherapy but for the sex sexological stuff um one of the things was that if you one of the practices and the teachings in that is if you're having and receiving a kind of touch that your body's not a yes to even if your mind is there's going to be this inbuilt protection mechanism and it's like a it's part of the fight flight freeze of our nervous system and if we're receiving something that doesn't feel good but that we don't want even if our mind says it's okay and it feels like it's okay and we actually think that we want it if our body is not fully on board what happens is you're not going to run away you're not fighting it off so as that protection mechanism comes in it just freezes slightly it numbs it disassociates it disconnects it protects itself from the stuff it doesn't want. It's fucking amazing when you think about it. Like the, the mechanisms of the body just, oh, they, they, they blow my mind. 
but then what you've actually got and we you know in the world world of sex coaching you know how you do one thing is how you do everything how you do sex is how you do life so if you're going through this and this is what really landed for me was oh if I'm receiving and doing stuff in the bedroom that my body's not a full yes to what am I doing in life that I'm not a full yes to because everything I'm doing in life I'm not a full fuck yes to I'm actually disassociating from slightly I'm actually numbing myself out and you know even a really basic exercise which I love is just like write down your to-do list from today much of that stuff excited you turned you on felt good in your body most of us when we start that, it's zero. And we wonder why that we're in this space of constantly overriding what our body is communicating. So it's creating this like sense of disconnection and numbness. And where this always ends up is this place of like doing the right things, doing ticking all the boxes of how I should be happy. But actually inside, I'm not feeling that. I don't feel connected. So if that, and this this is years of practice, this isn't just something that happens overnight. With that, like, you know, we, we are practitioners here. Like, we are fluent in our body's language and we've done the work to get there. Because, you know, most people who've done the work to get there have come from a place of high levels of disassociation. And it starts... <laughs> with and this is the 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 recommendation again with any client or any woman I speak to is just top and tail your day with something your body's a yes to don't worry about jumping off a cliff blind into a thunderstorm like I did you know quit a 10-year career and decided to go into professional asshole stroking with no concept of how to run a business or what that meant it's going to take a while to kind of get your head around it all. But actually building up that communication with your body is like, it's not just about pleasure, but pleasure is a really good place to start. If something feels good and it actually feels good in your body, practice that for two months, three months. Add more and more stuff that actually adds that sense of energy to your body maybe turns you on a little bit feels really good might be a slick of red lipstick it might be underwear it might be no underwear at all you know might just be a really good cup of tea might be a really sexy cup of coffee but we can start to just make little tweaks and over time it's that like you know old school life coaching 1% shift at a time but it really really builds up and then there's this point that happens (laughs) and I know you you'll know this one of when you're trying to do something that you think you should be doing and your body's a no to it and it's like getting a cat into a like a cat carrier case when it knows it's going the bat yeah (laughs) you know and it's just like it feels like you just hit a wall (laughs) and it's like there's nothing you can do about it even when even 30 seconds ago, it was a full yes. So, yeah, it's not. I think that's a really important thing is 
even for women that have access to a lot of sexual energy or the like the, the they're more familiar with the pussy energy over the heart connection or you know it's like they're more comfortable in the sex world it doesn't necessarily mean that you've got the fluency in the connection with your body like it takes time to build up that level of sensitivity because we do not live in a world where that is possible <laughs> to exist a normal life and be that open and sensitive it's so gorgeous really, yeah 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 <laughs> I, I will talk and talk and talk when you get me going so, yeah, yeah no I love how you just open so beautifully. Thank you. You've been so generous. And what I really hear is a dialing back to what is it that I want? What is it that feels good to me? What is what what is pleasurable? What can I have? What am I a yes to and what am I a no to? And following that, and that is, in my experience, how, to, how we build self-trust and that we can grow from there. Absolutely. I think the two of you have been so incredibly generous. I love all the different peaks that we've had. You know, um, when Caroline spoke about the different compassion, not the different compassion, but the compassion for all the unlovable parts of ourselves and how that's actually the ticket that gets us to open our heart. I love how you spoke about your previous partner and talked about how you had access to this piece that was so blissful and for so long you thought it was him. It's true as women, I mean, maybe as humans, but we do this so often, we are able to unlock a piece of ourselves and we think it's, we want to give the, not the access, give the stripe, give the reward, um, claim it, it's because of them, but mm. actually it's because of us. And you, you spoke to that so beautifully. I uh, love how you talk about the fluency in our bodies and how you you talked about the the stripping back, right? Or Brenda summed it up so beautifully, but I believe this is part of it. Part of the desire practice is becoming fluent in how is our desire speaking to us? What is actually being said? What do I wanna lean into? And it is like a different language. It's the language of the body. It's the language of the inner whisper. It's the dance between you and the universe and the cosmos. And I also want to share with our listeners that part of my belief system is you get to be sovereign. So you can be fully turned on and not be a yes to every partner that's possible. Like you can be fully turned on and choose, make a logical choice for what's best for you in that time. You get to step into your woman and into your adult. It doesn't have to be a place where you just let, you know, everything go and you just off with the wolves. Likewise, I believe we can have access to our hearts and be fully open. And I understand the fear there sometimes is I don't want to get hurt. Uh, and sometimes having our heart open means that we get to experience loss and pain and grief. That's part of it. But having our heart open also allows us to experience so much more, to experience each other, to experience the world with so much more depth. And I would just want to encourage everyone to practice that, just how you practice desire. Practice opening your heart and trust, as Brenda says, trust that no matter what comes, you'll be strong enough to hold yourself in it 
trust that whether heartache, heartbreak, or full-on bliss, like you can hold it. And even if you're falling short of the holding it, it's a range, little by little, as Caroline said. Even if it's just 1% better, we're just getting better at that. So I don't have that much to add, dear listeners. I think Caroline and Brenda have done an excellent job on today's podcast. I think we touched on a lot of things that, to be honest, could be spoken about for many, many hours. So hopefully this is enough of a chunk for people that they can um, grasp their teeth and nibble a little bit at a time. Yeah, that's all I'd say, Drenda. Thank you for asking. That is absolutely gorgeous. Thank you, Catherine. Caroline, it's been such a pleasure to have you on today. How can our reacher, how can our listeners contact you or know about your work? Where can they find you? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, the best place to kind of get a feel for me. Um, obviously, if you want to delve a little bit deeper than what we've talked about today, is um, kind of Instagram is probably the most like juicy place. Facebook as well. I know you're going to drop the handles in here. Um, and yeah, I have a a website that's probably a little little ready for a little tweak. It's been there for a while, but yeah, it's got all the all my contact details on there and. If this has really touched anyone, um, I work with women with pussies um, and I offer like a free introductory consultation. So that's how how the, the best way to figure out if going deeper with me and I'm your teacher, we, we just get on the, on the phone or the, the Zoom these days and um, connect that way. So, yeah. Mm. Thank you so much, Caroline. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you mm. on Desirous Medicine. Thank you for joining us on the Desire is Medicine podcast. Desire invites us to be honest, loving, and deeply intimate with ourselves and others. You can find our handles in the show notes. We'd love to hear from you. Mm-hmm.